Welcome to the First Flight Agency podcast. Our aim is to conversate about the topics that interest us, the current events that inspire us, and the experiences that shape us to be a more effective team and deliver creative solutions for our clients. Today, we have with us myself, Frank, of course, uh, probably, of course, Lauren. Hello. And Keith. Hello. And we thought, well, I thought that because the two of them have been dedicating their time to enlightening the youth, that we would talk about teaching and the experiences that they've had doing that. By enlightening the youth, he means me teaching Keith what Stan means in terms of like Twitter culture. Yep. So that's, that's a very means. important thing to learn. I'm liking your drip. <laughs> That was beautiful, see? You gotta get that subject, yeet. I do so much work, and it's seeing all my work pay off is just so... I just used the term yeet. Well, you gotta yeet it out there. Right. That is... Did you say that is so yeet? No, he said we gotta get the subject yeet, which is not quite... (laughs) No, but I think... I I appreciate the effort, you know? You can't get all the time. That's right. We'll yeet it out, and then you can learn. Look, I make my own rules. Oh, we know. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I should probably turn this down. There we go. What was that that you just turned down? The out- reverb? Uh, the output. Oh. So it was uh, going exactly. out of the monitor. I just turned on the monitor out. Um, I could probably just turn off the... See, you're a teacher, too. Teaching us about sound technology um sure yeah that's something that i am very well acquainted with and knowledgeable on so so being that we are here and talking uh why don't the two of you tell us what you're doing why you're well what you're teaching and where lauren has been um Asked to go first. Oh, okay, yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I teach a middle school film elective, Introduction to Film, at a local private school. Um, And, yeah, I was asked to do it because it was very, you know, um, my dad happens to be the head of school there, and they had an opening there for a a a twice-a-week film class, and I happened to graduate from film school recently so he was like hey would you like to do that and so you know it was a very long and in-depth process of you know i was pursuing it for a long time and applying just kidding it wasn't i was asked to do it and i said that sounds great um sounds wonderful yeah so i yeah it's just twice a week like 45 to 45 minute classes a week it's pretty chill but i have uh, about 14 middle schoolers aged like 12 to 14 and we watch movies and talk about movies and my goal with it is to kind of it's introduction to film so break them into what filmmaking is um and sort of balance between um you know sort of history of film as well as some uh terminology and some technical elements so we watched um the you know the first star wars movie which was the first movie i showed them because i knew most of them had probably seen it before 
but I I knew a lot of them probably would understand all like the practical effects and all that that went into making it because we're so used to you know CGI and computer generated things that to show them that all of this was practically done and practically generated and that was kind of incredible for the time. Um, so we watched stuff like that and yeah, my goal with, with it is just to sort of start them on their journey of appreciating film and being able to discuss it analytically and just watch movies differently, I guess. So sort of spread my love of film to the youth. Suppose. So this was a position that they were trying to fill anyway, and you just happened to be in the right place, right time? Yeah, so it was originally done by, I believe it was the um, the dean of academics there, who I've known, he's been a family friend for a very long time, and he and I talk about film like all the time, and he was sort of instrumental in me developing my love for that, and he had done it, but he didn't really have time to do it anymore, because, you know, that's not his main job, he was... Um, very involved in other things there and so he didn't really have the time to do it and so it was just something that um happened to open up and I'd been talking we'd been talking about me helping out at the school doing like substitute teaching or you know after school care or whatever something like that so it kind of it worked out and I'm having a good time with it it's been a bit of a struggle on occasion because it's 14 middle schoolers <laughs> um and you know trying to work out how to keep get and keep them engaged and it is has been a, a journey but yeah i'm enjoying it it's i've learned a lot so which is taught, taught i think <laughs> something that's under underestimated when people get into teaching but uh contrasting that experience keith mm-hmm. uh why don't you tell us what you've been doing um it, 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 you use the word contrast. It really is a contrast because I, I don't consider really what I'm doing anywhere near as formal as what you're doing. I'm, I'm not teaching necessarily as a as an instructor would. Um, Tennille Shriver, who runs the digital media department at Sandhills, asked me to talk. Sandhills Community College. Yes. Yep. SCC. Uh, has asked me, I think, three times now to come talk to her class at some at some. You know, juncture in their in their path from starting those classes to graduation. So I've I've looked at portfolios. I've talked about creative work, um, all that kind of stuff. But she she anytime she asks me to do it, she always says, "Whatever you want to talk about, talk." I'm not going to ask you to talk about anything specific. Um, so I, I usually wind up hitting on subjects that that um, I think aren't real commonplace for students with their instructors i mean the you know instructors depending on how long they've been doing it probably haven't been working in the field with a lot of you know real world um practical application stuff whereas you know me working as a creative director and an art director designer um i know that i know that in my career there were so many times where i thought you know ad agencies would do themselves a, a real service if they would make uh, a, a bigger effort to make sure that junior people get an education in things as simple as as uh, how to work with a client, how to present your own work, how to talk about yourself in meetings, like really practical things. So I try to go over there with a um, 
with that in mind, like I, I, I hope I walk away and they say, okay, that's that's something that I heard today for the first time, as opposed to again the curriculum that they're that they're going over. Um, I think the first time I spoke over there, I t- just talked about ideas, how to how to um, think conceptually, um, how to how to solve problems like getting stuck. You know, I've had a I've had a lot of great teachers in that. Good creative directors hopefully can can do the job of mentoring and and you know doing things like being able to spot when someone is stuck in a project and say, "Did you think about this? You know, did you step away from it and come at it from a different angle?" Um, there's a whole big uh, theory out there about the 180 degree um, creative solving process that uh, I learned about through a creative director from Boston. You know, there was nobody in the ad agency that I was working in who ever came to me and said, you know, are you, you know, are you stuck on, on this campaign or this idea and you can't get past a certain threshold? Um, so, so far, so good. She's had me back a couple of times and I really, really enjoy it. Again, I can talk and talk and talk. So I always wind up pushing the hour that I get with them. I talk for about 20 minutes and then the rest of the time is usually question and answer. Which I'm always, I'm always surprised at the, at their uh, ability to come up with pretty, pretty smart questions. So you said you've been doing this uh, over the course of a time period. Remind me again when that started, because I'm thinking it started pre-COVID. Right. Uh, for the first time, I want to say it was maybe maybe six months prior to COVID, and then I was going to go out there again, and then COVID hit, and I didn't do it for you know, at least two years. Um, and in the last, uh, I guess about in the last year, I've been back twice. Mm. And this okay. last time was just recently, was um, last week. Tennille reached out and said, can you be out here next Tuesday? Um, talk about anything you want. And as I was kind of thinking about things that I wanted to talk about, I realized that I had a really good practical example um in my back pocket that I hadn't thought about up until like literally like the day before I was going out there, I had one subject matter in mind and I thought, you know, I've got, I've got a a really good case study for, um, to showcase to students like here's in the real world. If you, if you plan on going to work in an ad agency and I was surprised two of the kids in the, in the class, actually that is their goal is to work in an advertising agency. Um, I said, I've got a really good example of, of showing a process and saying hey, we just uh, presented this work, uh, we we were in consideration for a new client, prospective client was entertaining two or three ad agencies and went with us. So I took them through um, basically how we got the business, and then um, showed them what we did creatively and explained to them in in a lot of detail, like okay. You know, we we went into the into the first meeting, and we knew that that the client was most interested in a new brand identification. Well, I always like to push things and have them go a little further, and hopefully, a, a light bulb clicks on the client's you know over the client's head, and they say, "Wow, they're they're capable of doing more than I thought." You know, we wanted a new logo, we got a new logo and a, and a website and a new communication strategy. You know, we presented stuff in that first round um, to Moore County Economic Development, and um, 
so so far every meeting has gone like you wish it would like they they appreciate the work um they like the direction it's going in they're rallying behind it they're selling it internally to their board of directors um i went out to again to sand hills and met with it's, it's a pretty big board on that group and presented the work to them and was a resounding success so i had a really good a good example of soup to nuts how we how we got the business and what we did with it when we got it and now that we've actually sold the work in um you know i had a, i had uh, basically slides of every every tangible thing that we showed and explained why we went the direction we went in. And, and again, when I was done, um, they asked some, some pretty smart questions R- right down to, um, one girl asked, she said, so, you know, how do you respond to a client when they say, you know, um, should it be green instead of blue? You know? So, and that's a, that's a five minute explanation. But right. in the end she was like, she was like, Okay, that makes sense to me. It's a five-minute explanation. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's a five-minute explanation, but you know, if you've never been asked point blank, what if it were, what if it's not what you chose, but something completely different? Mm-hmm. You're not gonna have any frame of reference to answer that question, right? Right. Do you? Um, actually, let me circle back real quick. Again, to the contrast, you went there initially to try and establish communication between the department and our agency, correct? correct? Yes. Yep. And then the teaching position kind of... Well, I mean, you're not technically teaching a no, class. No, right. I'm, a, I'm strictly a guest speaker. Okay. You know? And again, I'm afforded the luxury of, of um, Tennille Shriver saying, you can talk about whatever you want to talk about. So I think, um, you know, the, the more times I do it, the hopefully the harder it is for me to come up with subject matter that's actually going to um, be useful to them. Because I can't I could I could go in and talk about my aesthetic. I could go in and talk about my ideas about photography and my ideas about typography and writing and designing and, and showcase work, you know, showcase actual stuff that gets produced. Uh, but that's really what the teacher's for. The, you know, she's doing that with her class. She has her own um, curriculum and own way of of teaching them things like typography and how how to apply it and what kerning means versus tracking and what's the difference between a typeface and a font. You know, all those things. Hopefully, they're getting that already, and I get to go in and talk about things that are much more um, abstract. But then, you know do the job of explaining the abstract and why it's important that, you know, the, the sort of look tone and feel about everything is important. You know, the, the look tone and feel of of the presentation, you know, that's a very important thing. They don't think about that in class. They don't think about, about being in front of a, uh, a client of three and having to take them through their thought process and how they, how they landed on a strategy and executed against it and wound up with this work. That brings to mind the difference between the two, uh, not just the two ways that the you guys fell into teaching, we'll say fell in, um, but that they are different age groups. Mm-hmm. How do you, Lauren, plan to... I mean, what is your goal 
to bring a practical application of the knowledge that these students are learning in your class like what is what does that look like to you or is it really more important for you to bring to them just general knowledge yeah i think it's it's definitely more general i mean i none of these kids i mean to my knowledge none of these kids are are hoping to you know like they're jumping into like filmmaking they're like i want to like it's not like they, they took this class because they want to actively like make movies or or do the things movie related most of them took it because they saw film and they're like oh movies that's yeah, cool I mean, you let's know? be honest they're middle schoolers <laughs> exactly yeah and i can the very first thing i did was um my first class i had them go around and introduce themselves and tell me their very their favorite movie um I got a lot of interesting answers, um, but but some of them I was like, oh, okay, yeah. So you haven't seen that many movies, which is fine. I mean, that's why they're there, I guess. But it's very clear some of or, them just or they haven't yeah. seen that many films. Oh, f- yes, cinema actually films. Yes, um, yeah. So um, obviously, a lot of them just saw the word film in the elective title and were like, sure, I'll do that. Um, so it has been, you know for some of them a struggle to kind of keep them engaged and make them have them appreciate these things but yeah you i mean rather than like practical application like i want them to be able to do these three things by the time they finish the class i'm hoping for a more general um appreciation of what they're watching because they watch movies all the time i mean movies are everywhere so when they go see a movie i want them to be able to um to notice more things and to think think more critically about these things so one of the things i'm doing right now is their fall break is next week and so we didn't have time to like start a new movie and finish a new movie before fall break and i didn't want to do half and half so um i had them bring in movie scenes that they wanted to talk about so i um we talked about elements from movies we'd seen so far and i said think about things you appreciate from these movies and then bring in a movie scene that correlates with that so one of the movies we watched was the princess bride and this one um girl really liked the costume design she really liked buttercups um you know red dress that she wears so she brought in a clip from the movie the greatest showman which is you know say what you will about that movie but there there was a certain costume in it that she really liked a certain dress that she thought was really well made and so we watched that and we talked about it and we were able to talk about how costume design a lot of times can inform character and can can tell you things about a certain character that might not be you know spoken out loud but or you might not even register it's just a sort of a, a subtle um subconscious thing so things like that, I, I want them to be able to appreciate as they're watching movies, be like, oh, I noticed the costume designer, I noticed the sound designer, the score more. So um, I just hope they can think more about film, you know, when they're watching them after the class. So I guess a more general application. Yeah. But useful. Very useful. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a great point. And I think it applies in both cases that we're talking about here agency the work that ad agencies do is just as prevalent as the entertainment industry products absolutely there's a there's a a scene in mad men where Mm. um a somebody from like ad week or ad age is interviewing don draper about uh a floor wax tv spot that he had done that won a bunch of awards 
and the writer asks him asks him he says he said so tell me about the the um uh, I, I can't remember the product name it was something glow uh, i know you're talking about yeah. it's, it's on the tip of my tongue yeah. i can't remember what it's um, called glow coat that's right yeah that's tell me right. about the glow coat spot and and what was the inspiration and and in short the spot was about a, a kid who's being forced to not walk on a freshly mopped floor that his mom was working on that's taking place in the 60s um and his response was i wanted to make it indistinguishable from the movies and if you know anything about don draper's character he's a big movie fan um and for for that time back then granted the 60s when Don Draper was, you know, supposedly in this business on Mad Men, that was the most key creative time in the history of advertising. It's been called, you know, on, on the inside, it's called the creative revolution of the 60s because um, Doyle, Dane, and Birnbach were doing just that. They were creating, you know, minute-long TV spots that looked like the movies. You know, they had a plot. They had a, they had a story. You know, it wasn't just a, a pitch man up there talking about how great the product was and and there's an awful lot of you know it's not a coincidence that spike lee also directs tv spots you know a lot of people don't know that he has a he has a division of again doyle dane burnback is now a ddb needham the company that i worked for Mm -hmm. in dallas they did a a an offshoot specifically for him because they knew he was interested in in um pitching ideas for um tv for tv spots so they formed spike ddb that's his he runs that as kind of an independent producer of tv spots for clients um jerry seinfeld has directed tv spots david fincher has done that too what's yeah. that david fincher has yep. done that too directed yep. spots so it's yeah. it's not uncommon so that that connection is definitely there hmm. yeah it's sort of i mean i've talked about this before but in screenwriting specifically which is what i majored in in film school it's very much about you know grabbing attention like it, whether it's for a producer who you're trying to get to produce the script or for an audience when the movie's already made um especially and i mean not so much anymore but in, well yeah i mean in the age of streaming i guess when people can so easily click away from something like if they start it and they're not interested in the first five minutes they're going to click away you know so it's really about you know attention grabbing and um like the first scene of any movie is so 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 crucial in establishing the world and establishing the story but also in making sure people want to keep watching which is you know obviously in advertising very crucial grabbing people's attention so it's there's a lot more connection there than i don't know you might think mm-hmm. speaking of attention you mentioned keith that the students have uh, i mean granted they're at a different level in their educational arc, uh, but that you were impressed with their level of engagement during conversational mm-hmm. back and you know question and answer. What I mean, do you do anything, and you too as well? Do you guys approach that sort of part of a class period with any particular framework in mind? I mean, do you? Do you always start off by you know, maybe asking a certain question of the students, or do you? How do you gauge whether it's time for that, or 
or what i mean yeah I, I see where you're going and i think it's going to be different for you than mm-hmm. me you obviously question and answer is going to be prompted by what you just watched mm-hmm. and some that to me very organically leads to so what did you think what did where did you think the director was going mm-hmm. um all that with me it's it's similar in that it's when i when i typically if i if i show a presentation like i did this last time there was a definite start and finish to it and i you know my my the little thing I keep in the back of my mind about presenting was told to me by a creative director who knew at the time that I was struggling with with keeping on track in a presentation and taking a client all the way through it seamlessly. She pulled me aside one day and she said, you know, you really seem to struggle with wanting to talk about the work, but you know that you have to frame it and and have a chronology to what you're doing. She said, from now on, she said, when you go to present um, I want you to do three things. I want you to tell the client what they're going to look at, then show them, and then tell them what they just looked at. And I didn't really understand what she was talking about at, at the time. Um, I, I mulled it over, and to this day, I always think that same way. Like I always start out with saying, what you're going to be looking at today are three things. You're going to be looking at a new concept for your brand. You're going to be looking at um, a new approach to photography, new approach to communication, and then take them through that work. And then when it's when it when it's done, I'll typically say, you know, okay, here's what we just looked at, and and just recap what they just looked at, and 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 just like the students, the clients always have questions. Um, so it's not not so much a I don't think so much a, f- a framework as it is. Anytime I'm presenting, there's that. There's that point at which I got to stop talking, and 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 stop selling because you know clients do pick up when they're being sold to, and nobody likes to be sold to. Right. I, hate I mean, it. we've talked about it many yeah. times in casual conversation. Right. I, mean, I think and everybody, more so now, as far as the now in this day and age than before, I think we're all aware oh, of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. The advertising message. Mm-hmm. within any given marketing strategy. Yep. Yeah, there's a uh in, in advertising circles is a guy named Stan Richards who's very well known. Um his agency created um we'll leave the light on for you for Motel 6. Um a lot of a lot of pretty cool work and one of his quotes I remember hearing was um, I saw it. In a, I saw it in a pitch deck. We were pitching against the Richards Group on something, and I got somehow. I don't remember how I got it, but I, I got their pitch deck, and I was looking through it. And the very first thing on the screen was going to be was going to be people don't like advertising, people don't trust advertising. So let's not make this advertising. So he goes and he tells a story about how um, we're going to be we're going to be storytellers, and we're going to be just like film we're going to be we're going to engage people we're not going to we're not going to sell to them we're going to engage you know we're going to have a conversation with them whatever it is but um yeah so that that definitely ties into something i was hoping that we could talk about being that we are a advertising agency and this podcast is meant to inform our knowledge and our clients of our expertise and other agencies about um, the industry and see Mm -hmm. if there's anything that they can glean to help them with their work. 
And you've just spoken some about how you relate the two. What do you think, Lauren, teaching has helped with your work here at the agency? Or is there anything that you anticipate using more of? Or, you know, how how has teaching kind of changed the way that you approach your the, our agency work as well as maybe other things that you do? Yeah, I think something something I struggle with as a writer, and I have since I started writing like forever ago, is um, being concise and using. You know, I'm such an overwriter. Like I'll use a hundred words when when ten could do. You know, I I'm very locatious in that way. But I when when you're talking to a room of fourteen middle schoolers they don't want to hear a whole you know before we screen every movie i always do like a short presentation on it so i talk about um i break it down in terms of like what who uh why and how so or how and why so it's like what is this movie what's the genre um who like who directed it who's the who's the creative vision behind it um and then how like how do they go about producing it um and then why like why are we talking about this movie why this movie so i do a little presentation between each movie uh, before each movie and i've definitely had to cut down on how much i talk about it right so when i did star wars which was our very first one i talked about like the dykes reflex and i talk about i talked about all the the practical effects they did i talked about how they produced and like where they shot tattooing and like how they did all these things like they don't care about that i mean like i think it's interesting but they don't care about these little details and it's it's hard enough to you know keep their attention engaged it's it's the end of the day they've been in class all day and they just don't really want to be there so being able to keep them engaged means making it short and snappy right so that's something i've had to do in in my work here as well you know when i'm writing social media if someone opens a instagram something they don't want to see an entire paragraph i don't want to see an essay and an instagram caption they it's, it's got to be short and snappy and tell them what they need to know in as short as you can possibly get it pretty much um so that's that's something i'm i'm still working on and still developing but it's definitely helped like my my presentations before i've done three movies so far and they've gotten shorter and shorter each time and more condensed and you know it's the information they need to know what i really want them to know and not a lot of fluff so yeah cutting out fluff is something i've i've been still working on (laughs) i I think it's terribly Mm -hmm. interesting in that we're talking about even a little bit about the 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 similarities of the two mm-hmm. of advertising agency executions and Hollywood productions. Um, you've heard me talk about how Steven Spielberg evaluates movie scripts. Mm-hmm. He doesn't evaluate movie scripts. He evaluates, I don't know if you and I talked mm-hmm. about this three by five cards, Yep. you know, with that magic sentence that's, you know, talk about an economy of, of communicating economy of words, mm-hmm. uh, a 10 year old boy, befriends a stranded alien on earth jaws <laughs> exactly <laughs> right. i love that movie <laughs> so the story i heard was that spielberg when he is evaluating ideas for movies if your idea for your movie can't fit on a three by five card in a sentence he didn't even want to talk about it he said when i read that about et about this 10 year old boy befriending a stranded alien he said i saw the entire movie in my head, I could see it start to finish. I knew what that movie was going to be. 
which is to me very much like you talking to your to your students about you know whether they know it or not they probably like most people i think you know hold on to movies that they've seen that have a concept you know, have a real idea behind it it's like advertising the same thing yeah that's something i actually talked to them about in one of my first classes is i was like guys like every single story pretty much every single movie and every single book and every single story you've ever heard or told can be broken down or, or condensed into like one formula and it's um like protagonist and uh oh shoot i kind of remember now um the protagonist and the the uh stakes and their objective and uh, the the inciting incident. So, mm-hmm. like, what the catalyst of the event that starts off the story. So, as long as you have those four things, um, that's pretty much the, you know, the the core of every single story, every single movie. So, I would have them. I had them like throw out movies, and and they would, you know, one of them was like Shrek, and I was like, yeah, there we go. So we broke down Shrek into <laughs> into the those four things. You know, protagonist and inciting incident, and and objective and stakes, and. Yeah, it's that's again when I was in film school in my early like freshman year, we were doing log lines, which is pretty much what that is, is the um, the one sentence description of a movie. And I really struggled with that because I would write like four lines and my professor would be like, you don't need that much. Like, cut this out, cut this out, cut this out. Like, this is what you need to know. You got to get it to its bare basics. And then it's it's got to be literally exactly what they need to know and pretty much nothing else. And then you build on, on top of that for you know, that's what the script is, is building on that. This is not related. <laughs> what is the purpose of log lines? I mean, it sounds, the mm-hmm. way you say that sounds like it's an industry term. Yeah, so it is an industry term. A log line is the very beginning of when you're pitching a movie. So it's... So it's basically what Keith is saying. Exactly. Yeah, the three by five card, that's pretty much what a, what a log line is. Is, you know, when you go into a room or a... a, a uh, executive is looking at it, and he doesn't want to read like a whole treatment, you know, a whole uh, ten-page uh, summary of the movie. He wants to see like a couple words that tells him what it's about, and then if he's interested, he'll keep going and and read more about it. But yeah, that's exactly what, what Keith was talking about is um, just the the short description of yeah, a ten-year-old boy defends an alien, and it probably and then he has to. Um, you know, hide him from the government or something. So he has, it, it's a description of the conflict and what the movie is about. Like, again, the protagonist and what they want and then what's keeping them from what they want is pretty much just a long line. So it's very common now that that's the every, way. Every buddy movie ever written. Every every cop buddy movie. Right. <laughs> buddy cop. Pretty much. Yeah. You know, Turner and, and Hooch. Right, right. Um, that brings up a really good point. Um, one of the things that when I think it was the, it may have been the second time I spoke to a group of kids over at the college, I say kids, some of them, I mean, like this last time there was a woman in the, in the class who obviously is coming into new media, you know, in her, in her forties, um, who's, you know, got, is that the name of the class? New media? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, um, I think it was. I think it was. It was digital media at one point. Um, so you, you've got you got people. You know, in your case, the the much younger than the, the people I'm talking to. But um, one of the things that um, I was you know early on stressing 
with uh, with that particular. I think it was this again the second class was was the real practical applications about about getting an idea across quickly and and selling it to people. I thought you were going to keep going. <laughs> so now I got I got I got to stop talking at some point. I hear myself rambling. I just got so many so many things to talk He's about. Just got so He's much got to ideas. say. No one to listen. I don't know if you're trying to wrap this up or whatever. No, not one necessarily. I, well, one thing I can I can help. I mean, I can say that because I don't know that I really covered it. Um, I know the first time I talked to that uh, that group out of the college. Um, my goal was to again maybe hit on stuff that they're not taught through the curriculum because I mean they're learning so much that you know it's it's no wonder that the instructor does not have a lot of time to teach kids how to present. Um, but I started off I started off talking to them about just getting a job and what to do and what not to do. And one of those things was don't ever when somebody you know is looking at your portfolio and they look at you and they say so what do you want to do. Don't ever say I want a job. You know, of course you do. You're in, you're in front of in somebody. Room. You're in the room. Right. Yeah. Specifically, what do you want to do? And I will say across the board, anytime I've thrown that out as a as a as a concept for somebody to gra- grapple with, more often than not, I get more like ahas out of that. Like, oh, that's right. I hadn't thought about with my portfolio open telling somebody that I really want to be an animator. You know, that's very different than than going into an ad agency and saying I just want a job. Yeah, you know, what what can you do for me? Right. 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 Do you how do you guys feel about the teaching that you've done? I mean, what is it What is it for you, Lauren? I mean, is this something that you would do next year? I mean, I I think next semester I think I'm going to do the high school class. So I'm 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 looking forward to that because I think it'll be, um, you know, when, once you're in high school and you're and you're taking electives, it's much more about like what you want to do. Like this seems interesting. I want to try. So I I'm hoping that the kids in the class are a little bit more you know intentional about about being there. Which not to say that some of my 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 kids aren't right now, but um, I could not do it like professionally full-time could not be a teacher like i i do not have not a middle school teacher not a middle school teacher yeah (laughs) um my mom was a she majored in music education and she taught fourth and fifth grade music for for a long time and yeah she when i started doing it she told me like do not be their friend like do not smile at them for the first couple (laughs) weeks like you can't do that like they will take advantage of that they will run you over you know and and it is it was hard the first couple weeks because i Mostly, a lot of the elective teachers there also teach other things, so they'll have them for other classes. They don't know me. Like, I just walked in there, and they have no idea who I was. And and you're uh, a very nice person. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it was tough the first the first couple <laughs> classes, because I've had to learn how to be like, hey, we're, we're going to stop talking now, you know? Shut up. I don't say shut up, but that's the... But you feel it. But I feel it. You know, I hope they get that's what I'm trying to say. Right. Um I know your shut up look. <laughs> I give it to him every day. <laughs> um, but it's it's been, yeah. I I don't think I have the the capacity to do that full time. But it, it has been really rewarding. Sometimes I mean, literally last week, 
um, ha- about half the class was out because there was a, a football game a couple at, at another school a couple hours away, and so c- some of the boys were out because they're on the team, and then a bunch of the girls are on the cheer team, and so they were gone. So it was just like seven kids, and we were watching their scenes, and it was it was the best. I mean, they were actually really engaged, and they um, there was one boy who was kind of hadn't really been taking it seriously for a couple weeks, and. Um, you know, the movie we watched before that was The Princess Bride and he hated it, he hated it, hated it. But he started talking about, he was like, have you seen The Secret Garden? And I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, like it's been a long time. But he's like, yeah, like I grew up on that movie and it was really, I mean, he says grow up when he's like 12. But he was like, I, I, it's really nostalgic for me for all these different reasons. And we watched a scene from it and he was able to talk really articulately about it and the rest of the class, you know, engaged with it. And I asked them questions and it was very chill, but they all seemed like they were actually thinking about it and actually saying some really insightful things. So that was the kind of class where I finished and I was like, hey, this is cool. Like, I, I feel like I'm actually, like they, they're actually learning something. Right, you're making <laughs> a difference is, now. I, I guess, I don't know. I'm, I'm so terrified of, sometimes I'll mention movies that i think of you know and they'll be they'll be like oh it's like this movie and i'm like oh it reminds me of this movie and i i keep having to be like i cannot in an official capacity recommend this movie to you guys because this is you know a group of middle schoolers like i i just know one of those kids is going to go home and be like well miss cook was talking about this movie today um the departed and i think i'd really like to see that movie and i know that for i'm going to get in trouble with one of the parents someday but it's it has been a rewarding experience in some ways it's been really you know i have a, a much greater appreciation for teachers now <laughs> just you know people who do it good ones well good to, there you yeah. go good ones um yeah. i i have a, a a great appreciation especially you know i growing up and my, both my parents were teachers and now my dad is a school administrator but um yeah, I went home. So now like, you yeah. have a respect for teachers. I didn't before. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I, I did. I was like, your job is so easy. Like, why do you even? Yeah, but I'm, I having done it myself now. It's we're, we're kidding. She respects her parents. If you're listening to this, I love you. As far as we know. <laughs> as far as we know. And always has. And always will. Yep. So there you go. Now you've learned something, listener. Respect your parents. That's my uh call your mom. Hugs not drugs. So for me, that question um a lot of the same a lot of the mm-hmm. the same, you know, um things apply I think. Um I I luckily I think I've been able to retain a lot of the really good things that I've watched creative directors do throughout my career. And, and even some clients and and taken that with me. And the thought that I might be able to inspire something in somebody younger than me to actually go in a certain direction or look into something that maybe they hadn't or just look at it a different way, to me, is that's the that's the reward. I don't know that I could have ever been a, a teacher. I don't know that I'm wired that way or organized enough for it, but I certainly do like the feeling of of someone saying, oh, that's cool. I never thought of that. You know, I interviewed a guy Friday, uh, sat in front of my desk, and as as we were talking, he was writing stuff down. He was writing down things that I was saying to him, and at some point, I don't know if you heard him, he said, he said, oh, that's really cool. I'm going to quote you on that. And I thought, that's a pretty good feeling to know that somebody's going to take something from me that I took from creative directors 
20 years ago and just always stuck out, you know, always stuck out as being something that I can apply and make useful. Yeah. So, so I'm definitely going to keep doing that. Yeah, I had a moment when I I got on a sort of tangent and I wasn't intending to, attending, intending to do it in that class, but I started breaking down, you know, 3X structure in screenwriting and which is, I won't do it for you now, but I literally had like, you know, a, a, a chart on the board and I was graphing out, you know, here's where the first act starts and then we have the inciting incident and then our second act and then our midpoint, I was graphing all that out and then class ended and all the kids, you know, get up and leave and this one girl was like, no, don't erase it, don't erase it yet. And she was like drawing it on, on her sheet and she was making all the notes and she stayed back in class like an extra two, three minutes to to finish writing it. And I don't know if she thought I was going to like test her on it and so she wanted to be able to study it or whatever, but or if she was just genuinely interested in it. But um, yeah, whenever, you know, a kid will remember something that, that I've said and then the next class they'll bring it up is is always like, oh, you were listening. That's awesome. So... It, it is rewarding a lot of the times, as much as it's um, disheartening, <laughs> <laughs> which is not all the time, but there are, you know, there's times. You know, I was going to maybe get into some of the more, somebody used the term a little, oh, it was probably on the podcast I was editing, nuts and bolts um, of some of the executions of these things, but I don't think we need to go there. That's... uh Covered, covered some of it, I think. We yeah, don't need to execute did. anybody today. No. No, we don't. But you're done. But? I just executed a fly. He just said he but. <gasps> <laughs> That's not appropriate. I really appreciate you guys being here and speaking with me about this topic. Always. Always. Anytime. Well, thanks for having us, Frank. Thanks, oh, yeah, Frank. Always guys, a pleasure. Indeed. Quite. Uh, Outro music, start now. White man overbite. I don't have the rights. <laughs> Certainly. I love love me some specificity. 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 It's easy for you to say.